Welcome to the Fans of the Ford Show. I'm Sean. I'm Chris. And we're going to start off tonight's episode with the latest Forge and Fire wrap-up, Season 6, Episode 22, The Foot Artillery Sword. Foot Artillery Sword. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Oh, let's make a note. Teresa, we do miss you dearly. Still, yeah. Still off at camp. When's the last time you saw her? It's been that long. It's It's, been that long. It's been a a little while. Um, But, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what our summer's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So, moving forward. All right. So, our contestants this week, we have Levi Arbogast, part-time Smith, 20 years of experience. Uh, Chuck Stone, full-time Smith, 35 years of experience. John Phillips, full-time Smith, 18 years of experience. And he is at phillips.forged on the gram. Yep. And Tommy Rodriguez, part-time Smith at five years of experience. And he is at Ferrante Forge on instagram he's a young guy who's 18 yeah yeah um so round one they're given toys that they need to (laughs) take mild steel from to combine with a chunk of w1 bar stock yep and have to make a whatever they want signature blade right um so each one had a toy in their anvil was covered to pull the cloth with Fire truck, airplane, something. They look like some oh, in- toy robot. They look like some heavy duty industrial toys to me. You know well, they mean? look like they were from like the forties when they like things were beefy. Yeah, like, they were stout. That's true. They yeah, they were especially when they, it was all wooden toys yeah. and stuff for kids. And I was like, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with them. But they did have some mild steel components on them. Yep. So. Uh, for Levi, he had the toy airplane, and so he g- decided to go with a camp chopper um, using Sanmai and was setting his forge welds by hand. Oof. That's, I, that's tough. Yeah, and he was, he was beasting it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, he went, he was grinding his blade and then did a really hot quench. Yeah, and it was uh, dramatic, dramatic quench yeah. there. Uh, moving on to Chuck, he had a toy robot, and he, <laughs> he looks like an off-season Santa. Yep. Uh, I was going for the San Mai taco, and he put his taco on the spine. Yeah, so he didn't get anywhere near the blade yeah. edge with the, the mild steel, right. so that was a good thought. And that was all I really yeah. put down for him. Uh, for John, he had a toy train. He's going for a sandwich San Mai. He welded his mild steel on and then realized he welded it paint side towards the w1 so i had to cut that all off and flip it around to i don't know why you just wouldn't clean it ahead of time well he cleaned half of it right but like why just do half i mean if you're, if you're <laughs> saving time okay but you would th- well yeah i think you could have this save- stuff you're gonna be hammering it and you know i guess it could burn off but it would, it would burn off if it was on the outside for sure yeah but it's it was on the inside, hey, and no, it, was, it was his own fault. Like a, yeah. You were you trying to save time. Right. Yeah, we get right. it. I get, I get it. it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was setting his welds on a power hammer. Mm-hmm. Did pretty well. Quenched really hot, and found two large cracks on his spine during grinding. They so, weren't looking so good. Another hot quench. Uh, then Tommy had a toy fire truck, and he was taking the side panels off to do a San Taco. And was gonna make it kukri style blade. Right. Uh, he was drawing out the billet way too long <laughs> in the press. Like he had like just 
mesmerized by the press, and he just drew this really long sword out. Oh, yeah. Um, he abandoned his cookie design and decided to make a slicer. Hey, it works. Yeah. yeah. Work and, with what you have. Uh, he didn't really get a good forge weld, and eventually he got it and then quenched it, only to find a large crack running down the weld edge. Right. And tries to get the weld to stick again, requenches, and has to deal with still having a crack. So he was kind of fighting that thing. It didn't seem to me like that method would have worked, right? Usually they're like, it, you once once something like that happens, you're getting forge scale and stuff. You get there, stuff in and there, stuff yeah. is getting in there. So to get it to try to just pouring flux in there is not going to necessarily make no. it do anything. So it yeah. kind of stunk, but he, he did what yeah. he could. So we have a couple blades at this point going into judging with cracks. Like they yeah. all, they realize they have these cracks. Yeah. And so for Tommy, he had some serious surface cracking. Uh, John was, uh, you know, a good working chopper shape, but had a deep crack. Right. Chuck, there was one spot that had a stress riser that needed to be dealt with, and for Levi, quenches blade so hot that it split the W one core. <laughs> Which was a critical structural failure, and he ended up getting a boot. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. It was crazy. The core itself split. Yeah. It wasn't the freaking forge weld. It was the core. <laughs> they, how many? It was like, what, three super hot quenches? Yeah. And, well, uh, I don't know anything about what you're supposed to quench that type of tool steel at, you know? It's been, I think, I would say it's pretty... I'd like to say it's, it's standard. Right. They were all really, like, super hot, like... And then I think, I don't know if it was him or someone was like, I think it was him. He's like, oh, I realized I quenched it so, you know, like it was too hot. Yeah. And he, he but that was really, was like, like, I had no idea that that much damage could get caused by right. that. Like that was huge. Yeah. Spence core. Yeah. Turn old so. it. <laughs> so for round two, they have to add handles and guards to their blades and they have two hours to do it. For Tommy, he started by grinding away material just to find another crack along the edge. Yeah. And then he used some coca bolo for his handle material, and he had to add a bolster because it just wasn't seating properly. Mm -hmm. Then he stacks steel. He sta he puts the whole thing, epoxies it yeah. on the vise, and then just starts stacking stuff on top of it to right. weigh it down. Like he put steel, put some epoxy bottles. Yeah, and his some, little like, dust mask. <laughs> dust mask. Yeah. For John, he had to weld his spine to fix his blade, and then he gave it a temper on the spine after that to soften mm -hmm. that back up. Right. Uh, he grabbed micarta for a guard, but in doing so, he also started cutting notches in, the, in his tang um, for the handle. And when he was cutting those out, the, guard, uh, the judges were saying, that's really potentially weakening that whole thing. Yeah. Like he could break the knife at right. the tang. But, you know. I understood the reasoning of what he was doing, but it, no. Yeah, it just wasn't the, yeah. the right way to go about it. And then Chuck, he was working on fixing his stress riser, which looked kind of like, I don't know, like a bubble or it's something. Like a, like a circle. Yeah. Um, he used ironwood for his handle, but he was having some trouble drilling it. And then he had the blade in the vise. And he went to go move he was it. Or trying, he was trying to pull the handle material off. It was like it was stuck. Oh, Because okay. I don't think he had epoxy on there yet. He, he didn't. He didn't. So, so he, was, he was trying to pull it out, right. and the blade didn't come with him, and it sliced his finger. Right. It, it slammed into the what he was pulling against, and then just sliced into his fingers. Yeah. 
and then they had to stop stop the clock, the clock with six six minutes. minutes left and have the medic come over yeah. and wrap up wrap his hands up. so he could finish the last six minutes and then he immediately went to get stitches done yeah which it never stopped the clock before no that's serious i mean i think i wrote down later how many stitches he had that was pretty oh, yeah. serious cuts it was Dude. like 20 stitch 15 he was like stitches? eight five or eight six and six or something like that i don't know it was crazy you know they've had guys like almost pass out like from being too hot and they never stopped the clock for that they've had people evac like medically evacuated yeah. and I, I don't think they stopped the clock for that if they did they didn't make a point of saying anything about right. it not sure why why that happened this time i don't know no anyway yeah so they move on to testing it was a steel Tonka truck chop, which I don't know how many times it was going to be striking it, but uh, for Tommy, his broke on the fourth strike due to the yeah. multiple cracks in his blade. Um, John just had to survive four hits, and he did. Mm -hmm. And Chuck could not test his blade because the handle wasn't attached at all. There yeah. was no epoxy. So even though Tommy's broke... Chuck ended up getting the boot and a bunch of stitches. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for round three, they are tasked with making the M1832 foot artillery sword. It's an American re recreation of a French sword model after the Roman gladius. It has a brass ornate handle with feathers or scales cast into the handle. Um, I said eagle etched into pommels on America. was used for clearing thick brush. And disemboweling horses. Yeah. Damn. Badass. Uh, parameters had to be between 19 and 21 inches long, have a double edge, and triple fuller. The dragon scale detail handle and a pommel needed to be included also. So, for Tommy, day one, Carly Spring 4, his steel. Uh, he likes it. He uses it a lot. And he was using an eight-pound hammer to move his metal. That was his 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 trick. His key was that eight-pound hammer. Good trick. Well, you know he's got the muscle. Yeah, to swing he does. That thing, man. So, I mean, like, if he can do it, he was what he got. He got it. I have trouble swinging my two-pound hey. hammers right now. So yeah, that's was, impressive. To be serious. Able to, he was moving that metal. Yeah. Uh, day two, he was forging the guard and pommel. Uh, starts grinding his bevels, uh, slips and screws up his edge. It, when he was grinding, it caught. Yeah. Um, so he has to grind the edge back to kind of fix that. And on day four, he's working on his handle and attached it and decided to go for a burn-in. Right. For John, day one, works on Damascus for his blade, multiple stacks, and then ends it with a twist, uh, starts working on his handle, uh, and he casts his handle, which is pretty awesome. And it's something he's done. Oh, he times. had a he huge had a, setup. all the material for that stuff. Yeah, um, he has dragon scale to his positive, um, using a wood burner, which is pretty cool. That was really neat. How he yeah. just was going over it with that one like corner yep. shape that he had, and it gave yep. him the dragon scale. And he finished casting the handle on day four, and it has a whole foundry to work with, and it came out looking awesome. That was badass. Yeah. That handle was so amazing, dude. Yeah. So moving on to testing, they are outside in the snow for some reason. Why not? Uh, so they have a kill task, uh, ballistics dummy uh, assault. Yes. Uh, for John, gorgeous. Good weight for delivery of strikes. It will kill. For Tommy, it is a beast. And it was a 
beast. That was a big uh, sword. It's a lot of forward weight. It still has a very sharp edge. But it takes a lot of work to control it. It will kill. Indeed it will. Yeah. For the strength test, it is the shooting the blade test. Oh, that's why they're outside. Oh, what do you know? The shooting range. Yeah, but Will Willis is not performing the shots he got, this time. Uh, what happened? I don't know. He got outsourced. That's crazy. They, they, they brought took, back the robot. They took his job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for John, it split the bullet nicely. It was no blade damage. Mm-hmm. For Tommy, it took some damage, a small chip and a roll. And Dave Baker also mentioned it was very heavy. Uh, then moving on to the sharpness test, a shot bag slice. For John, it's fun to wield and move around. It will cut. And for Tommy, it cuts cleanly. For the most part, it will cut. It's still a little hard to control, so some of the cuts were not as Doug wanted. But Yeah, a little bit of dragging rather than slicing through. Yeah. So, in the end, Tommy ended up getting a boot, and congrats to John at Phillips Forged for his win. Congratulations. It was an epic sword that he made there. The Damascus yeah, with that good. handle was really crazy. Yeah. And uh, I've been checking out some of the stuff that he has on Instagram. He's got a good number of followers. He's... Uh, He's making some cool stuff, so nice. It's cool to find out about this guy. Yeah. So that's it for our Forge and Fire okay. wrap up. So what's th- next? What's next? We are doing our social media roundup. I believe sounds good to me. So for the social media roundup this week, we have a couple things we wanted to chat about. Um, Sean, why don't you go first with uh, something you wanted to talk about? All right. So real quick, start with the sad news. So Peter Schwartzbert is getting his shop set up, the containers. He's got things moving along. Big, big Hawaii move. Yeah, you know that. You he know, moved to Hawaii with his whole shop. Yeah, and uh, he's been posting a lot of pictures about it, and it's been really cool to see it come together. He had a video of him working with Neil Kamamura to get the press into his his new yeah. shop and everything. And some people decided hey look at this stuff uh, i think i could figure out where he is and they end up taking like a welder a chainsaw some other they shit cut the lock yeah yeah so that really sucks for peter um yeah our uh yeah our hearts go out to yes. you, peter because that really does suck and um yeah i guess everybody just you know send peter some good vibes Maybe gets enact some volcano justice out there. <laughs> volcano justice. Yeah, huh? that's right. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, so I noticed today that Josh Weston posted something that um, his grinder like shit the bed on him. So he needed to sell. He had some stuff that he wanted to sell to right. kind of get some funds, and he had some good looking stuff here. He had. These uh, blacksmith knives were 100 bucks oh, yeah. each with sheaths, leather sheaths. Um, but what really caught my eye was the uh, shark knife. Um, it had a bottle opener on it, and that thing just looks really mean, really awesome. And it was only seven five bucks. Yeah, that was crazy. It went, but went pretty quick. I'm yeah, sure. it was. That was. I like that uh, design a I was, lot. I was seriously considering messaging and be like dude i'll take it i'll take it right now (laughs) but it was gone before i could even get in there so i think there might be some things left if you're interested go check out josh weston um some cool stuff there he's selling 
And that's uh, and that's that. So that's help, that for me. Help sell some stuff for Josh yeah. and get his grinder back up right. and running. Speaking of Josh Weston, I'm going to be going to an event this weekend to see Josh. You Weston don't say. Compete. Get out of town. Yeah, it's happening at the New England School of Metalwork. There is the bladesmithing symposium, I guess they're calling okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And there's it's a whole weekend of events. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there for most of the Friday stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saturday, there's all these different classes with Lynn Ray and nice. Rossi and um, some other people that it looks like a really cool event. And I've been super excited to go, you know, since I yeah. bought the ticket. And uh, I'm just, it's kind of weird because I just recently joined the ABS too. Like okay. I, I got a membership to that, and this is an ABS event. And so. You're going to fit right in, bro. I feel like I'll probably fit right in, but like <laughs> I'm nervous about going and meeting some of these guys. Was he, did you get a membership card or something? I Can you flash that? I didn't get one. Do you have an email from them? Can you I just mean, like walk around like member. flashing us around? No, t- no it's to everyone else. <laughs> it's it's everyone like, else. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm in the ABS. I don't know. I don't, well, I don't know if I get a card try at some it out. point. Maybe I do. I think I've seen people with cards or certificates. I don't know if I fully qualify as it. You can totally make your own yet. certificate. There's, there's, well, I'm not going to do that. There's designs just online. Jo- I just joined the ABS because I wanted to see what their whole deal is about. You, know you can... Eh, uh, let me tell you right now, there, <laughs> you can make your own, like, quote-unquote ID card, like, online if you want to make something just of your own design. Not, like, anything, like, not forgery, but, like, you can make, like, a business, <laughs> but, like, plastic. Okay. So, uh, like, an, almost like a badge, you can make one online and have it say whatever you want on there. That's true. I could. A, do a guy that. I work with did this one time and what because did he, what did he, put on he, it? he wanted <laughs> he wanted it to look like he was working for this other company so he can get a hotel discount. Jeez. <laughs> because he knew the the discount code for this major company, and so he used it. So, but he was gonna have to provide proof. So. He went online like a couple weeks before his trip, got his, his little badge, and then when he came back, he said it worked like a charm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Ingenuity. I guess so. We did not teach anybody how to do anything just now. That was not any... Uh, Listen, I mean, you got to know what these codes are. I mean, yeah, you do have to know. You could probably research online, but, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't... I use AAA sometimes. That's, that's it. Because I'm in AAA. You know, it's easy. It's not much discount, but it's something. Right. Anyway. I wonder if there's an ABS code. I don't think there's an Probably ABS not. code. Anyway, so that's that. I'm excited to go to this event and take part in some of these classes. And Where is it? It's up in Maine. Up in Auburn, Maine. Nice. So nice. I got to drive ahead of me tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to attend the instructor's dinner that's going on. Which cool. Is, it is open to everybody, so I assume that means that. Well, at least you know there. Josh. Yeah. Well, Josh also his flight out there today got canceled. And oh. Moved to tomorrow, so hopefully he makes it in tomorrow for it. We'll find out, I guess, the next <laughs> cool. time we talk about it. Because he's the one, you know, competing. Yeah. Um, that'll be a good time. It'll be good. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure Ryan Brewer is going to be there. Oh, killer! So that'll be cool. See him too, and yeah. I'm sure there's other people that I've maybe met that are probably going to be there too. So it looks like it's going to be a fun event. Nice. The other bit of information I just wanted to bring back up is if you are a knife maker 
and you wanted to be a part of the straight razor challenge, we did a video a week or two ago with Mike Poor of Red Dragon Forge, and um, he was challenged to make a straight ranger, uh, straight razor by his friend, and a lot of people got in on the competition. So it's uh, Marcus Ranum, Tyler Hackbarth, okay. who was uh, the Fortune Fire Battle of the Branches winner, tournament winner. Yep. And then there was, uh, oh, uh, Steve Schwartzer, ABS Mastersmith, uh, ho, ho. a.k.a. The Wizard, <laughs> uh, also entered and right. has, has sent his pictures in. And I've seen pictures from Tyler and Marcus as well. I think there may be a few more people, including Mike of Red Dragon Forge. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I should probably look this up to see when exactly this thing ends. You have till July 20th. Oh. So you have, today's the 11th. You have nine days. If you want to get into this contest, you need to make a straight razor and send pictures to fansoftheforge at gmail.com. And then we're going to post all of them at once, once we have all the entries in. Cool. So check it out. That's the hashtag straight razor challenge. Nice. So that is our social media roundup. Done. Now we can move into Now we can log off. Log off the internet <laughs> and go to the Infinite Forge. To the Infinite ah, Forge. To the Infinite Tales So, so. It's been a busy couple weeks for me since, you know, the last time we recorded. Yeah. I did manage to get back outside and get out some time in the forge, work Good. on some horseshoes, trying to make them into hooks and i oh i messed around with my maker's mark there which you're not gonna be able to see well here but if you go on the infinite forge instagram account you'll see these did you see those sean not in the flesh so i saw them on the interwebs i was i was having some trouble getting the maker's mark to properly take on some of the bigger pieces because i was trying you need you need three hands with my current setup so it was very difficult yeah. doing it so I ended up just flattening some coins and then using them just so I could see what it looked like. So that's what those are. Cool. Um, but I thought it was kind of neat to see what they finally look like in metal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got a couple hooks that I'm essentially going to say I'm done with. They don't look pretty, but they're functional. And I was able to make them out of horseshoes and get some practice in. So that's right, what And I can nice. hang shit up in your shop with them. Well, these ones are going up to camp. Because mm -hmm. the, the came so much for that. <laughs> I, All right, I'll, I'll make more next I, time. I have about a hundred horseshoes. All right. So that was what I worked on in the forge this week, and I was like just kind of practicing using the horn on like one of my pieces of steel just yeah. to kind of make some shapes and stuff. So that was kind of fun. How's the anvil working out? It's good. Is it? Uh, is that rust busting off of there? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I I was expecting it to come off a little bit more, but you know I'm not using it. I've only used it for a couple hours, yeah. really, so it might take some more time. Um, the base works really well, and it, mm -hmm. it's not really moving on me inside the cool. shop too much, which nice. is nice. And uh, I don't have the most ideal setup because the forge is outside, and the anvil and the yeah. the um, the vice are inside. But I'm getting used to the rhythm of it at least, right. so I can 
easily get something out of the forge, get up to the anvil, and start working on it. Yeah. And, you know, all it made me realize is that I need to get some more tongs or make some different tongs because I don't, none of the tongs I have work for holding any of the stuff that I'm working oh, on really? properly. Oh. So I had some longer poles that I was basically had one of my high heat gloves on mm -hmm. and was holding it at the very end and working on the hot end while I held on to gotcha. it. Um, but you can't do that with horseshoes and stuff. So yeah. I kind of need to get a fire tong, which is what they have that are better for horseshoes. And then I do have some knife steel that I want to start messing around with. So you need like box jaws, like they can hold the, mm -hmm. the big, yeah. I, mean, I have inch and a half freaking right. knife steel to mess with. So you need something that'll be yeah. able to hold that. So I need to get something, but anyway, that's what's going on in the shop. Cool. Um, I got some practice in. Oh, and then I finished uh, actually putting all the nails in the outside wall boards that I put up. I had forgotten to, I had run out while I was doing oh, the last wall boards. Yeah. Had to buy another box of nails. And so, yeah, that's all nice. set. Nice. All buttoned up. Pretty much, man. Cool. So it's cool to be able to get out there and, and actually use it and actually feel Hell like yeah. I'm learning something. Did all, that, did all that work and it's paying off. Yeah, yeah. It's good. What about you? Uh, so last time I was talking about the uh, the job ahead of me that was the bathtub like reglazing or whatever you want to yeah, call it. Right. Um. So I did that. It was kind of a pain, but it came out looking pretty good. Um. I took a couple pictures. I didn't have a lot of before pictures up, but um. It it was okay. Like it was tough. You know, good lighting goes very far in this world when it comes to a lot of things. <laughs> sure. Just having the little bathroom light wasn't great in doing it at night. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, it was just really hot. And so, you know, part of the instructors say, okay, put on a coat, you use a good paintbrush, one coat, wait like an hour or two, then go for a second coat. And when you do the second coat, go opposite of the brush stroke. So if you start going... You know, horizontal, next, on the second coat, go vertical. Okay. Um, and then another challenge I came up with or I encountered was that, you know, because there's curves on the tub and stuff like that. So if I'm going this way, like, then it goes this way. But if I'm on a, the floor, like, trying to go long, then it when it meets the back, then it's going up. Oh, yeah. And then, it's, you know, so it's like, okay, I got to stop at some point. And then doing a second coat, like, it was really tough so i i don't know if that um paint if you will was just like the brush was just like not happy with it anymore and yeah. it was just really hard to put on and then it was hard to see where i left off because now everything was pure white oh right so the tub before wasn't so it's easy to see where i when i did the first coat but now the second coat everything's white and I'm putting white, the same white on top of that, so it's hard to see where I was, where right. I left off. And then, like, if you look really close, like, you get your face up to it, you can see, like, oh, that looks kind of weird. Like, you can see some brush strokes, and I, I think I missed a little coverage here and there. But all in all, it came out pretty good, and it's in use. And I don't know if I talked about all the, the crap I had to deal with with the old valves. Yeah, the yeah, shower yeah. valve and stuff. Yeah. No one can match these freaking things, all right? <laughs> oh, They're no. so old, and I don't know what the deal is, all right? I take them 
have gone to two plumbing stores. They've gone through their big catalogs and shit. No one knows what the hell they are. Oh, gee. Right? So I just was throwing whatever gaskets and O-rings that I had at them to try to rebuild them. It didn't go well, but it went well <laughs> enough where it's not like a horror show of like water shooting at you <laughs> when you take a shower, which is fine. However, like when you're done taking a shower in there, like you have to open up the linen closet. It's right like behind it um, and then turn off the water because it's just like there's going to be a drip like all day oh. long just because they don't shut off completely. Yep. So... The next project for that is going to be, well, I guess I'm going to have to open up the backside, see if I can remove and just put some new shit in there. Yeah. yeah. Because at this point, it's just so dumb. Like, no one's called me back. Oh, yeah, we'll look at it. We'll call you back. Yeah, no, I'm not getting any phone calls. Like, I, I know jackasses anyway. <laughs> the other thing that I did last Friday was put a new muffler and tailpipe on the Jeep. Um, so I had this Fullmaster on there that was on there forever, which lasted a really long time, which is great. Because I stopped buying the cheap junk OEM, quote-unquote, Walker mufflers. Guys, if you're out there and your muffler goes and you're like, oh, look at these Walker mufflers. They're like 40 bucks, <laughs> right? And Rock Auto. Don't buy them. Like, don't do it. They're, they're garbage, especially if, you're, if you live in a wet climate. Right. Right. We get a lot of snow and rain and salt and crap on the roads it eats through those mufflers like like you wouldn't believe they don't last more than two years before you got to replace them again don't buy them so i did that a couple times i learned my lesson i bought a, a flow master it lasted me i don't know how many years five six something years and uh finally like the output stub pipe like rusted out let go the tailpipe is already on its way out like one of the hanger mounts had rusted completely gone so i took the tailpipe off because it had just basically disconnected from the muffler it was really loud and annoying to drive with that for a whole <laughs> week um like you wouldn't believe even though the muffler was still attached so i ordered a uh, magna flow online because i you know Flowmaster was good i actually picked up a couple more miles per gallon when i put it on years ago really yeah um it made a difference and but it was a little loud um, so I was kind of getting a little, I was used to the drone, but I was kind of annoyed by it somewhat. So I was looking at the MagnaFlow, some reviews said it was a little quieter. I said, all right, cool. So I went with that. It's stainless steel. Got it on Friday. I was, I was pulling into my driveway. The guy was dropping it off, which is cool. And then I picked up a tailpipe from like Pep Boys and then I threw it all together and it's really quiet now. And, uh, so that was that. And then, um, I had a bunch of high heat spray paint laying around and it was like white. I don't know why I had this white paint. <laughs> but so I was, I painted the tailpipe to kind of help give it a coating so it would not rust out yeah. um, as quickly. And so we'll see what happens in a couple of years. Yeah. So wow. that's good though. They put some good work in it's this. It's my one, ordeals. Man. Yeah. It's some. Um, I wouldn't want to Ooh. do either of those jobs. I tapped out on car work years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, interesting, but cool. Good That's times. It. Yeah, good times. We keep ourselves busy. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, so that's that. That's our tales from Infinite Forge. We move on to our final segment, 
right? We covered everything. Uh, do you, I mean, we're going to put this in there too? Oh, uh, we could talk about this too. I just happened to have this on the table with me here. This is my swage block. Swage, swage, swage. Um, that I got from, I I still never asked the guy how he pronounced his name, but I think it's Basemeyer Farms. Sure. Or Forge, and yeah. you can look it up. And he's a machinist. He machines these, and he's definitely sold a bunch of them, and they're pretty neat. You know, they're mini versions, and you can still do quite a bit with it, I'm sure. I haven't gotten it out in the shop yet, but I will soon. Cool. So that's that. So now we move on to our last segment. Yeah. Knife speak? Not knife speak. Blade Sean. speak? Blade speak. Blade speak. Blade speak. Our blade speak for this week. If you don't know what blade speak is, we pick a term or something we didn't know about the knife making industry, knife making in general, mm -hmm. blacksmithing, that sort of thing. And we talk about this thing that we didn't know. We get a definition and kind of go into some details yeah. on why it's important. And this week's is knife axe. Knife axe. Or a knife axe combo. Ah. So. Pray when, tell, what is that? Well, let's start at the beginning. When we went to Blade Show, Sean picked up. In the up, beginning, there was Adam. And <laughs> <laughs> Sean picked up a copy of Knife Magazine. Yeah, they were free. There they was, were free. They were hanging out. And, and it was uh, all about the ABS auction knives for Blade Show. Yeah. So they had them stacked there. Sean grabbed this, and he also grabbed the uh, mm. June edition. Yeah. And I just got around to finally looking at this, and I came across this article about Western knife axe combos right there. And you can look this up. I'm sure you can find it hopefully online. If not, get a copy of Knife Magazine. But this article is by Marv Klink or Klinke, would you think? Klink. Klink. And it goes into this detail this detailed story about these knife axe combos that were built back in the, the 1930s up to 1950. And they were axes. It was an axe and knife combination that came together in one sheath that had two separate pouches. Yep. And they shared a handle. And you could remove it from the axe and put it on the knife and vice versa. And they, they go in-depth about how they designed the tangs of this thing to make it work. Yeah. And spoiler alert, it didn't really work so great. <laughs> the The designing for the tangs had some weak points, so these things were breaking. Like yeah. the first batch of these things were breaking under not much use. And then they had a second version where they kind of straightened it out. But from what I could understand from the article, it seemed as if they never really gained popularity, potentially because of the fact that the, the handling could be an issue, even mm -hmm. with the updated design. But... It really goes into specifics about how they designed this and how they made it so that you could inter, you know, interweave or interchange the the handle yeah. from one to the other fairly easily, and uh, it's really cool. It was a really interesting uh, yeah. article about that, and there's not much else I can say about it. I didn't know that they ever existed, right. but they were being sold as combinations. And yeah, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, and I mean, hey. We're not sponsored by Knife Magazine, but I've been finding some. There's really some good really cool stuff in, in there. I gotta so, say, I've only breached the the first 15 pages of this one. And I still have the whole June one to there look through still. So yeah. it's gonna be busy catching up on all this. But that's some good stuff. That was an interesting yeah. article, so you should check it out. Uh, the Knife Axe combos. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's that. a show. 
Thank you for watching. If you've stuck with us through the whole episode, thanks even more. All right. And thanks everybody who follows us and subscribes. And if you don't already, please subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we're all, all of those places. We are at Fans of the Forge. And yeah, that's it. Anything cool. else going on, Sean? Uh, I don't think so. All right. So, Arrivederci. See you next time. Arrivederci. 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 Arrivederci.